0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the latest Keep It Renal podcast episode. So today I'm going to be talking to my boss, Moin Saleem, and Wendy Cook, who is the director of the Nephrotic Syndrome Trust, or NEST. And I'm going to be talking to them about a new startup company called PureSpring, which will be looking into gene therapy for nephrotic syndrome, based on some of the work that's been done in our laboratory, based at the University of Bristol. We're going to be hearing from Moin about the need... For better treatments in this patient group. We're also going to hear from Wendy. Wendy has a very interesting perspective on nephrotic syndrome given that her son David um, is a nephrotic syndrome patient. He has focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, sclerosis or FSGS um, and through David having this condition uh, Wendy came to be involved with the charity some 15 years ago. What's really great about today's episode is we hear from Moyne about treating patients with genetic nephrotic syndrome, which until now has been largely based around treating the symptoms of the disease. And ultimately, the sort of gold star treatment, as it stands, um, is a transplant. Um, but this, this, as we sort of touch upon in the podcast, is not. It's not a cure. It's a good treatment, um, but it's not without its own drawbacks. Um, and I suppose a bit of background knowledge that you need to know when we're thinking about gene editing is that there can be spelling mistakes in the DNA. And some of these spelling mistakes make no difference at all. Some of these spelling mistakes can drive evolution by by improving um, function. Uh, and, and some of them can cause disease. We know of around 60 or 70 uh, so-called nephrotic genes. So that's genes that are involved in the development of nephrotic syndrome and what Moyne's talking about doing is going in and changing these genes. We're used to viruses a lot recently in the news and viruses are getting a very bad rap when we're talking about the coronavirus but what it is that viruses are in particular is they they are a method of delivering DNA into cells. Now if you're a virus you want to deliver your own DNA into or RNA into a cell so that that cell will make the proteins that you like what what scientists can do is we can hijack that machinery and reprogram it so that we can get the virus to carry a DNA package of our choice um, and what Moyne's done is he's got a virus to carry um, functional versions of the genes so that um, if a patient has got a dysfunctional or malfunctional version of a gene we can then deliver the the proper version and hopefully rescue the phenotype Um, as ever if you have any questions around the science in today's podcast or any any questions at all please do get in touch via our twitter page which is at keep it renal or using our facebook page which is the keep it real podcast Uh, i do really want this to be interactive so please do get in touch if you have any questions Um, anyway without further blather from me uh take it away moin and wendy Moin, if you'd like to kick off and sort of say a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, so, so I'm
1: Moin Saleem, so I'm a, um, a, a paediatric nephrologist. So I, I um, look after children with kidney disease at Bristol Children's Hospital. Um, and I'm also a professor of paediatric renal medicine, which um, means that I run a big research lab in Bristol, which is interested in finding out the causes and the cures for all
0: kinds of kidney disease. Uh, and Wendy, how about you? What's your interest in nephrotic syndrome? Where does that come from? And um, what do you do?
2: OK, well, my interest in nephrotic syndrome um, was because um, my son has had... Um, was unfortunately diagnosed with nephrotic syndrome when he was age five and he was treated at Bristol Children's Hospital. Um, and um, Professor Bowen Salim was one of the consultants that looked after David. Um, and David, unfortunately, has um, FSGS, um, and which he still s- suffers from. And he's you now age twenty-four, and he's had reoccurrence of, of the condition as well in his transplant. So, um, hence my interest in the, nephrotic in the syndrome. But um, I was kindly asked to. Um, Lead the charity called Nephrotic Syndrome Trust, or many people know the charity as Nest. Um, I've been doing that for about 15 years now, and I've got many volunteers that help me fundraise to support the research, which happens at Bristol laboratories.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I should say at this point that Nest, the money that comes from Nest into the into the lab in Bristol, which is where I wo- work under Moyne, so I've been there for. 10 years now and and that money is just invaluable really um you know from funding projects but also funding small little what we call luxe experiments where we might just have a quick check for something and then that providing pilot data to go on and, and generate whole big grants so it it keeps us going in lots and lots of different ways even funding um funding some of us to go to conferences nationally and internationally which is where we sort of share our work and, and hear about the work of others so it you know the money from nest Keeps the lab going in, in, in lots and lots of different ways. So we're all very appreciative of the money that comes from uh, from the charity. Um, so I think I think what we should point out at this point is that um, well maybe you'd be well to do it Moin. um the different types of nephrotic syndrome. So uh, the genetic and, and non genetic.
1: Mm. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll sort of start from the. The basics. So nephrotic syndrome is a type of kidney disease. So it's one of the types of kidney disease that we are really focused on trying to find a, um, you know, causes and a cure for. And nephrotic syndrome is is to do with a breakdown of the kidney filtration barrier. So it's a, sort of a fairly fundamental breakdown of what the kidney does, which is um, acting as a very sophisticated filter. Um, and the kidney stops proteins from leaking into the urine. The essential proteins that usually circulate in the bloodstream. Um, and it does a lot of sort of cleaning of, of toxins and other um, chemicals from the blood to, 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 to keep um, everything in physiological balance. So when that when that filter breaks down, um, you end up with a loss of massive amounts of protein into the urine, and that's what's, what the term nephrotic syndrome describes. And there's lots of different causes for that. So um, FSGS, which um, uh, Wendy mentions, is one of the kind of... Um, one one of the ways of describing a form of nephrotic syndrome that's quite severe that often doesn't respond to therapies um so some forms of nephrotic, nephrotic syndrome respond quite well to therapies other forms don't respond so well and and you know some forms don't respond at all and end up in kidney failure um unlike um so you know like um uh poor david who ended up in kidney failure and has had a transplant so so that's one end of the spectrum which is for us as clinicians, a very difficult disease to treat. Um, and therefore, to find a, a cure for nephrotic syndrome is, is a, a, a real holy grail for, for lots of us in this area of research. And, and it's an area that Bristol is very, very good at and leads um, the world in many aspects of the research that's going into nephrotic syndrome. Um, so that, that's, that's the area that we um, are primarily focusing on.
0: And I think one message I always try and like to point out is that whilst um, dialysis and transplant can be good treatments, that's all they are, they're treatments, they're not cures. Um, and that even a transplant, as, as maybe you'd like to touch on, Wendy, you know, they come with quite a heavy burden in terms of the, the actual operation itself. And then the medication you have to keep af- taking afterwards and the checkups to check the function of the graft. So it's, would you like to talk a little bit about that, Wendy, and how it's, how it's been for you and your family?
2: Yes, well, I think when David was first diagnosed, you're always very hopeful that they're gonna respond to steroids. And then as the four weeks progressed and you're thinking, oh, he's he's not responding, this is not going well, it seems to be more serious. And then David was taken for a biopsy. And then after the biopsy, we learned how bad his kidneys were, that there was 40% scar on both kidneys. And it was a real shock. Because, like many of us, when we get ill, we think, "Well, there's there's a treatment out there that's going to work, and, and and we can go back to life as normal." But obviously, that didn't happen to us, um, and David had to carry on having um, this very toxic medication. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a, a very a very scary time, and and then. As time went on, um, we we realised he wasn't responding to any of the medications that were given to him, and and then the the, the renal team um, disclosed to us at various um, appointments that you know kidney function is going down, and Dave is likely to to have um, um, a transplant, sort of in so many months time Well, for, for David from diagnosis to um, dialysis was two and a half years. Obviously that can vary greatly from patient to patient. Um, so it was pretty aggressive. Um, so he went on dialysis when he was about seven and a half. And it, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, the line put into his tummy. Um, Um, we did peritoneal dialysis at home um, and we had to obviously learn about how to look after David more um, because obviously there's a high risk of infection and um, sadly David did get peritonitis once which is obviously life-threatening and he he did have other um, hospital admissions which were life-threatening as well which I won't go into Thankfully, David did receive the gift of the transplant, which we're extremely grateful to the family who gave the kidney. And it was just, there was so much to learn and educate yourself about the, the transplant itself. Thankfully, he still has his transplant today, to this very day. OK. Um, so he was transplanted in 2005, so he's still got his transplant today. So his kidney is 15 years old.
0: Well, I wondered, Des Moines, if you'd like to touch on... Um... Yeah, I guess sort of current therapeutics, like Wendy says, it, it, does that does that feel quite frustrating from your point of view that the that you know the medical science is sort of limited in its efficacy at the moment?
1: Um, I mean, for me and for Wendy, so so you know this this is a massive frustration, and actually it's 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 great for us that Wendy helps you know drive our enthusiasm to, to try and change the situation, and and you know a lot of the stuff that Nestle done in conjunction with the lab has been. I think a key part of how a lab works, because you need to be patient focused and you need to have contact with the patients who are suffering from the disease. And, and that's been, I, th- I think, you know, you could comment on that yourself, Carl, but I think it's been a really positive aspect of how our lab works.
2: I think what's lovely is that um, how wonderful you've, you, you've opened up your lab, literally, to people to go and see the work you're doing at the moment. Um, you know, people have been really thrilled to come and meet you in person, see what you're doing. And you yeah. can you can you can hear the stories firsthand as well um, about how people find it very difficult to cope with the the condition they have, um,
1: and it works both ways. It works. I yeah, think that's really it enthuses infuses the researchers who. You know, most of them are not clinicians and don't see patients on a day to day basis. So, so to have that, that direct link is, is really key. Um, and then, you know, to answer your question, Carl, about, you know, how it drives us to or you know, how it frustrates us about um, curing the disease. So, so it, it, it sort of covers all aspects, really. You know, it's partly the disease is, is a fascinating one biologically. So for us as scientists, um, you know, we can get enthused at the level of the science itself. Because the kidney is a very complicated organ um, and and you know very very sophisticated in the way that it that it that it that all its different components work and to try and understand that is a, is a, is a challenge in itself. But then to to link that to the diseases that we don't you know we don't understand what causes them. We can do a lot of observational stuff and see what happens and what damage is happening within the kidney. But then to link that to sort of to to join the dots and try and see what it is that's that's underlying triggering and driving those diseases um is is something that um we can really enthusiastically get our teeth into partly it's curiosity led because of the fascination of, of the disease themselves but it's it's also greatly led by the the absolute need there is to find cures and therapies for these diseases that cause Devastating impact. I mean, some of them are quite rare diseases, but the the degree of impact that they cause um, is disproportionate and, you know, both in terms of the impact on, on the patient and the families, but also on the cost, you know, dialysis and transplantation are not cheap. A lot of the drugs we use are very expensive. Um, and And you know on top of that the, the kind of emotional and social costs so so you know the, these are diseases that we're trying really hard to to decipher and understand at, at the most basic levels, and that that's where we've started to make i think some real advances which which look very promising
0: so, so so to my mind we've definitely been so as I say I've worked for you for ten years now um and over that time we've definitely been. Um, sort of push and get the boundaries of how of how the disease works um, in a cell signaling way, which is how the how the damage in the environment around the cell changes the cell's behavior. And that's sort of tre- I suppose that's more getting at the symptoms and 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 helping the the cells function in the context of the disease. Where the genes and gene therapy comes in is much much earlier in the in the disease pathway, if you will. Um, and it, and it feels it feels gene therapy is much more of a leap rather than sort of pushing it at the boundaries. So I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on on gene therapy, Moyne and, and where this idea sort of came from in your head. Core
1: of what we're talking about today is the gene therapy advance that we're making. Again, to go back to the basics of how we're investigating and understanding this disease, nephrotic syndrome is caused by lots of different insults to the to a particular cell in the kidney called the podocyte. So this is the specialised cell that that is called the filtering unit to the kidney. And and so you can understand it in a very um, simple way where where anything that damages the podocyte causes nephrotic syndrome. Now, there are lots of different ways to damage a podocyte. Um, I published a paper a few years ago, ago called 100 Ways to Kill a Podocyte. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, just illustrating that, 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 you know, you can get damaged by lots of different things. And then some of them are um, caused by inherited conditions, so mistakes in genes. Um, so there are lots of inherited conditions that people know about, you know, the common ones like cystic fibrosis and so on. And the basic mechanism of all those is the same where you get a, a single mistake, a spelling mistake, if you like in your DNA for, for a gene that is important in the function of that particular organ or cell. So there are, so because the podocyte is so complicated, there are lots of different genes that regulate its behavior. So so, um, that means that there's lots of potential places for for genes to go wrong. So if any of those genes go wrong, then the podocyte misbehaves. So, so far um, over the last say sort of 15 to 20 years, it's been discovered, uh, we've discovered, um, we as a scientific community have discovered maybe 70 plus different genes that if you if you have a mistake in a single one of those genes, then you can get uh, nephrotic syndrome. So those those are the inherited forms of nephrotic syndrome, um, or genetic forms of nephrotic syndrome. And at the moment, there's no treatment for those. If you've got that kind of mistake in your genetic makeup, then there's nothing you can do about it. So. That has a, a that we, we, we had as one of our projects, we had a specific approach to this type of disease where we wanted to try and rescue and correct that genetic mutation. Um, so this is where gene therapy comes in. So we use, gene therapy has been successfully used in um, a, a growing number of other disease areas. So for example, in, in liver disease um, or in certain types of Immunological disease, which um, look at immune cells that, that circulate around. Um, people have managed to to insert the correct gene into the cell that's damaged, in order to correct that spelling mistake. The kidney, because it's so complicated, is 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 a much bigger challenge because to get the correct gene to the correct cell type um, is 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 a significant hurdle without infecting, if you like, or without having off-target effects on all, all kinds of different other cell types where if you insert genetic material that might cause side effects. So that's a project we had in the lab where we have managed to actually overcome that hurdle using these gene therapy approaches. So gene therapy works by, or well, the commonest form of gene th- therapy works by using a common virus, an environmental type of virus that is not harmful. Um, to carry the genetic material that you want to the cell, the cells in the body. And we managed to target that virus specifically to the podocyte and deliver the corrected gene um, to the podocyte in a mouse model, in a model of, a, of nephrotic syndrome genetic mutation. And that, that um, technology allowed us to completely correct the, the disease in the mouse model. So it showed a very strong proof of principle that you can cure these diseases using this technology. And that was the basis upon which um, we, um, this company came to us and said, well, this looks really exciting. Um, we think that this therapy, this type of therapy um, uh, is worth investing in. And a reason why it's worth investing is, it's not just because of those rare genetic types of neurotic syndrome, it's because of that possibility now that you can can directly target (coughs) genetic material to the podocyte cell. And therefore, if there are other types of damage to the podocyte or other triggers of damage, if you can understand what's going wrong in the podocyte in those particular diseases, you can then introduce genes that would reverse that that, uh, mechanism in the cell that's causing it um, harm. So you can then therefore target a much broader range of kidney diseases, not just genetic diseases, that would be beneficial um, and would, would hopefully, um, for the first time in a lot of these diseases, provide a specific cure rather than uh, the supportive therapies that are currently used.
0: So in, in the lab, those of us that work more on the genetic side are going to be redeployed because you've fixed it um and those of us that work on the sort of non-genetic side it's really key now that we find out ways of supporting the self-reader disease so that we can because what you've what you've developed here essentially is is a delivery mechanism mm-hmm. um a way basically of directing your delivery van right where you want uh instead of it delivering its parcels absolutely everywhere and in your in your usual quite modest style moin you, you're quite underplaying quite how fantastic this is i think i mean i my first degree was molecular genetics which I finished in 2009 and I think pipe dream might be a bit extreme but it was certainly at the very edges I mean you know we I think we knew at the time you could deliver um, genetic payloads using viruses but there was it was very very difficult like you say to try and control the cell that that you were delivering to and obviously you don't want proteins that are normally expressed by a podocyte being expressed elsewhere Um, so this is this is huge and ever likely. Um, investors came and we're really excited. Um, you must be really quite excited.
1: Yeah, I am, and and you know, I'm always, you know, you know me, Carl. I'm always fairly <laughs> cautious because you don't want to overplay things and give people um, maybe unreasonable hope about what's coming in the future. But you know, we're we're all, we're all in this because we we hope to to make a difference in the future. So so, um, I think. You're right, it is, the potential is huge and the potential is it for to be transformative in kidney disease because there isn't this type of therapy available in, in kidney disease at all at the moment. Um, so, you know, I am very excited and very sort of positive for the future, but there's still a lot of work to do to really prove, you know, we, we still need to get this into patients. We haven't got to that stage yet. So there are obviously going to be um, lots of hurdles to overcome in terms of developing it to a safe therapy for patients and doing the clinical trials, etc. Um, but also, you know, we want to to, to do all the print, proof of principle experiments for other diseases as well. And we've got really solid plans for doing those now. Now that we've got the investment, we can just make the plans and go and do it, which is fantastic. You know, money money does great things. You know, that's all going to move forward as rapidly as we can in the next two or three years. And then at that point you know you can come back to me and say well what diseases are you going to treat because that's that's where we want to be
0: that's very cool and that speaking of that sort of hope and expectation Wendy how does that feel for families such as yourself and, and other people in the patient community when there is a sort of breakthrough like this do you do you find it hard to sort of manage your own expectations how how does that really feel
2: yes yes uh, well when i put the news on um, our facebook page everyone was was so excited they're, they're they're so grateful to the team they're actually saying oh there are heroes at Bristol um they're working so hard Like I keep saying to them you're working so incredibly hard we re- we realize that obviously it's not going to be um this is not going to happen quickly um and that, uh, obviously there's going to have to be clinical trials first of all no everyone's super excited
0: I mean this, the science behind this is is awesome. Have you? Did you feel sort of excitement brewing as the story ticked along and those results in your office started trickling in? More? Did you? Did you realise you're sort of onto a winner?
1: Um, I think so. As you know, Carl, science even even in our lab happens quite slowly, um, and 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 the results sort of uh, yeah they they trickle in, and you sort of start to build it gradually. And, and of course, you you sort of have hope each time you get a new set of results that this is real, this is real, and this is going to be consistent, and um, it's it's doing all the things that you want it to do. Um, but even now, we're at a stage where um, you know yes, we know the therapy works, and we know we can cure a mouse. Um, but there may, may be unexpected hurdles um, that, that, you know, it's never been done in a human before. And, and um, we, we just have to be realistic that um, what's in our heads in, in terms of where it's going to go and how quickly it's going to go may, may you know, hit some um, sort of buffers along the way. Was there a kind of eureka moment where it all um, sort of fell into place? Uh, unfortunately, you know, it d- doesn't quite happen like that in real life. You know, or <laughs> well, maybe one day when somebody makes the movie, they'll they'll have a bit of artistic. Yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it 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 was one of those projects that was very pleasing to do because um, each stage along the way, as you went, you, we, you know, we 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 kind of um, solved the the experimental um, hurdles and 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 the you know that they came at the results came out as we wanted them to come out. And there's still experimental results that we want to do to, to further, um, you know, pin down absolutely how good this therapy is and how, how well it works in the long-term, for example, um, and to make sure that there's no, no sort of side effects, toxicity and all those kind of things. So, you know, there's never a single point where you say this is absolutely going to work, but, but it has been a very um, exciting project to do in the lab so far. So what's, what's next? Yeah, so we, we kind of made the announcement that it's, all, it's the, all the legal paperwork has been done, which in itself is quite quite a marathon task. Um, but, but that means that the company is now formed and is a legal entity, and it means we've got money in the bank to, to start to spend, which is, the, I guess, the most important thing at this stage. Um, so we're now recruiting. We're recruiting for um, the new labs that are going to be set up, and we... And it, you know, I I have no experience in setting up a company. I've worked in academic labs in the NHS all my life, so so it's it's a big learning curve for me. But um, it means that you know we have to set up a company. You need all kinds of staff, not just scientists. You need you need executives of various various levels and uh, admin staff. Um, so there's there's quite a lot of organising to do before it's all um, a well-oiled machine. But that's all starting now. So, so you know, we're hoping to actually start real experiments um, early in the new year. We've already got started with some of the experiments in the labs in Bristol anyway. So we, we aim, you know, with certain aspects of it to hit the ground running. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it's happening. I think it's, it's sort of finally feeling real after a lot of many months of, as I say, poor paperwork and negotiations.
2: Well, I just want to say congratulations, Moyne, Gavin and the team um, for securing this contract. I've, s- I've sent an email to you, but I just want to personally say thank you so much for your amazing work at the lab. And we're, Nest is all, all behind you and we will continue to be behind you. Thank you.
1: Mm, well, that's fantastic, Wendy. And, you know, equally, we... Feel a lot of responsibility and a huge trust that you guys have put in us. So, so we take that very seriously, and you know, we really hope that we can fulfil some of those <coughs> objectives um, going forward. And there's lots of other stuff also going on in the lab, as you know. So, so it's not our only area of, of um, you know making advances and thrusting forwards. But but this will really boost you know all all the projects and all the all the things that we want to do um for kidney disease going forward so yeah we've got a lot a lot of work to do um, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> well a little bit uh, of a perspective from me having having work yeah i say it works for you more for 10 years is that what what's really awesome is you certainly not want to rest on your laurels you know you're certainly not seeing this as as job done and it's time for us all to retire um <laughs> you know I think it's awesome that you 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 know it's always straight onto the next you know and you're right there's always the next question you have a big you get a big result a big and you know straight into like well, what's the implication of that and um i think your, i think your energy is is inspiring and i think this is i think this is a huge deal um and really really exciting so um yeah thanks for thanks for taking the time to talk about it today well, thank thank you carl for uh, everything you're doing as well you're playing your yeah. part yeah <laughs> on, on paternity leave yeah yeah <laughs> okay. thank,
2: thank uh, you so much carl thank you when i sit in um the meetings and witness how hard everybody's working it's um yeah i it, it's just wonderful yeah
1: we do it for fun we enjoy it you
2: do it for fun yeah.
0: yeah well i would say further to what you said before us hosting the patient days and when we have patient interactions mm. especially for those of us that are um bench scientists and, and wouldn't normally interact with patients it, it it does really actually fire you up um i mean sometimes you no, know, it's great today that we're talking about a success story but sometimes you can spend weeks yeah hammering away at something and and, and you know you can have a week where you really work really hard and actually your net gain you've, you've learned a lot of things that don't work um but sometimes your net gain can feel like zero and seeing the patients seeing the families and realizing actually it's not just some abstract problem that yeah. you know that you're trying to crack it is actually a real world problem and that's really important for that's us right. to yeah, get to see uh, that so so I, it, you know it definitely cuts both ways yeah It really is it really is stunning. It really is an incredible moment in, in Moyne's career and in the story of treatment for nephrotic syndrome. I don't think that's too grand to stay. Um, you know, ultimately this work could correct a mutation in a patient and lead to them being resolved of disease. And, and like Moyne says, and Moyne is right to sort of, you know, add a bit of caution to that and um, you know, sort of not get our hopes up too much, but but even so, this is a really, really um, big advance. Um, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I think we got a lot of different perspectives. Um, we heard from Wendy about you know what it's like uh, being in a family with a with a with a patient who's got um, one of these neurotic syndromes and, and just how complicated that can be. Um, through to hearing from her about what it's like in the patient community when there's a big advance like this. Um, I hope you all got a sense of just how sort of cool calm and collected um Moyne is um but this is a much this is a really really big deal and it's uh and this is a really big coup for um Moyne, uh and, and gavin welsh in the lab and, and when who's done a lot of the work for this during her phd and, and many others in the lab so it's a really big feat so a big well done to all of those involved um hope you enjoyed if you have any questions whatsoever because this is a really big topic that we've whizzed through please do get in touch i'd be happy to explore any of any questions you might have using our our social media pages Um, in the meantime take care and i'll see you on the next one thanks